everyone, and welcome back to JCM Prepare the Way podcast. I'm Mallory. And I'm Carol. And we are part of a ministry out of Colorado called Jeremiah's Call Ministry, or JCM for short. And it's a ministry that's based off of Colossians verse 1, 1 verse 28. And it says, Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom to present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. So we preach, we warn, and we teach. And we want to help you mature in your faith. And that is why we're doing this podcast. Yep. And so just before we start, Carol, what were, tell me what you were up to last night. <laughs> tell me what I was up to last night. Okay. Uh, well, we watched, oh, I'll know, I, I can tell you what we did. I just wanted to get a discussion going. <laughs> we watched um, part two of the extended version of Lord of the Rings. Ooh. That is my favorite movie, actually. And I've seen it, I can't tell you how many times, because I love movies of the good against the evil and evil overcoming, mm-hmm. or good overcoming, not evil overcoming. But we have um, w- one of our sons, uh, a friend of our sons is staying with us right now. And um, so we're introducing him to it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we're taking him through it. So we're on disc two, uh, part four. So we have another disc to go and a couple more parts, but that's what I did last night. Oh, fun. Yeah. Is that your favorite movie? Would you say? You know, one of them, I have a lot of favorite movies and I watch a lot of foreign movies actually. So because they're better storylines and well done and cleaner. So, mm-hmm. but no, that's one of my favorites. We also love It's a Wonderful Life. That's one of mm-hmm. our top favorites. Um, I've got a lot. I've got a lot. I'm, yeah. I got a lot. I love that. I think that's so good. Yeah. I never got into Lord of the Rings. Some people don't. And yeah. I'm surprised I even watch it. I do fast forward through a couple parts of the creepy guys, but I love the whole storyline thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's great. Yeah. I know it does have such a good story, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not a long movie person for the oh, most really? part. So oh, yeah. Yeah. What is your favorite? Well, I just said that and then I thought, well, my favorite movie is The Sound of Music, which has two parts and (laughs) it's like so long. You know, it's funny. Actually, that was always my favorite movie growing up. And we introduced it to my daughter, my oldest, um, about a year ago. And she absolutely fell in love with it. And so it has been so fun. We've been listening to the soundtrack. Actually, um, I'm on Spotify and on Instagram, it does your, like the most Oh, the most listened to things. Listen yeah. to number one, Lonely Goat Herd. Number two, The Hills Are the Live with The Sound of Music. It was all, <laughs> it was all through those. So I'm so oh. grateful. She has such a good taste in movies, um, which I'm really grateful for. But and also Daniel Tiger that you put on for her when she comes over here when we have meetings. <laughs> yeah. Daniel Tiger is sweet, but yeah, yeah I'm, she does have a pretty good taste. So I'm pretty grateful, but that's kind of always been my favorite. That's so. sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys, you know, in our prior episode, we talked about the purpose of, and the power of prayer. And that was a pretty fun episode. Yeah. You could tell that, I mean, Carol and I both just love prayer so much. Yeah. And I hope that it really redefined how we are to view prayer for most people. And so we wanted to follow up on that episode because if you're like me, I am a very practical person. And actually something Carol said to me a few weeks ago, you know, I'm, you know, she's talking about something I'm thinking, okay, how are we going to get people to get practical with it? You know? And she said to me, that is so much what I see with your generation is that there can be information that comes out. Um, but what we're saying is, so tell me how to do it. And I love, I, that's exactly how I am. I can hear so many things, but I think, okay, what do I do about this now? And so, yeah. And so this is going to be 
episode with just some practicals of how to jumpstart your prayer life. And maybe you're at a place in your prayer life where it's just become mundane. You know, and these are just some good suggestions of where to start and what we have found to grow in connection with the Lord and contend for what's on his heart. So Carol, how about you start to share about some things that you found helpful in your prayer life? Oh, sure. Um, well, you know, the first 15 years of my prayer life, I did not pray the way that I pray now. So mm-hmm. I, at first, I just want to encourage somebody out there, if you're feeling like you need to be further along in your prayer, your prayer life, I think we have all felt that at different times. And But then something happened. I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit that radically changed my walk, but especially as it pertained to prayer. And I'm not going to go into what that encounter was, but it changed me so much that I literally stepped out of everything I was in. I stepped out of ministry efforts. I stepped out of Bible study groups. I stepped out of everything I was involved in. And I sat at the feet of Jesus. I felt like that's what he told me to do. And I stayed in that place um, for about three years. And then all of a sudden, he slowly started having me put things back into my life, but very selectively. And because there's a lot of energy drainers out there and God does not want us overly extended or too tired for the things he created us for. So my prayer life, even after those three years, has remained priority number one in everything else after that. And I work and we have a ministry and I teach and I do other things and we have our family and all of it, but prayer is priority. And so as far as what I find helpful, I think you addressed some of those things in our first podcast on prayer. And, but for me personally, Um, I made it a priority, Uh, a scheduled time on my day. Now, keep in mind when I, my four kids were very, very little at the time. My twins were babies, but for starters, I made a sign and I taped it to my door that said in prayer time. And my hub, my husband and oldest son who was able to read at the time, they would see the sign and know to hold the fort down until I was done because I prayed up mom is a balanced mom and a more peaceful mom, especially with little tiny babies and little toddlers running around. But the next thing I did was I turned on music and I'm not talking K-Love music. My sister switched gears years ago. She introduced me to different anointed worship music that changed the way I viewed music. And this is the type of music that really helps me enter into prayer. It's very anointed. It sets my heart in the right, my heart and mind in the right place. And it also sets the atmosphere for my room. And then for me, I just get down on the floor. I Where I had my encounter with the Holy Spirit was in my on my bedroom floor um, when I was straightening my bed. I, I'll share that story another time. But I get down on my floor. I'm always on my knees. Um, I have a space on my floor where I pray. I have my Bible, my journal, my tissues, because I cry a lot during prayer, and whatever else I need for that time. And then I start. And for me... I love the names of God. And so I always, always, always start my prayer time with exaltation of his names and his nature. I even do that in my car everywhere I go. But I go into his promises. I go into scripture and all this exaltation. And, and uh, you know, when I started out on that, some of you might not know how to do that yet. I just wrote some scriptures down. But as you progress in knowledge of scriptures, of course, those words become inscribed upon your heart and you just know them. So I exalt him first, but then I go into the next part, which is self-examination. And I, ex- I do self-examination every day where Paul says, examine thyself. And I do. And it's important that we don't just start off rattling a bunch of things. 
I ask the Holy Spirit to show me where I've gotten off course, any unconfessed sin. You know, friends, do you know that confessing sin doesn't just happen when you become born again? It needs to take place daily, regularly, a regular time where you're examining your heart. You're having the Holy Spirit search your heart. You know, did I gossip about something the day before? We can find ourselves at coffee. We can even find ourselves at church and Bible study, for crying out loud, where we're all of a sudden throwing someone under the bus in a very Christianese, nice way, right? Did I not honor my husband the day before? What was my motivation behind that specific project? Was it selfish ambition? Things like that. And and or what did my eyes take in? You know, we're not to look upon grotesque and perverted and evil things. And there's so much filth on TV today and on our computers. So, you know, I go through a time where I have the Holy Spirit search things out because I'm about to enter into a time of prayer with the Holy One. And we're his temple and our temple needs to be holy. And so before I even begin the conversation with him, we go through that time of cleansing the temple And so, and Mallory, at the end of this podcast, if there's time, I will share specifically a visual about the tabernacle. It's just a few minutes Mm -hmm. of what I do to walk through prayer that might be really um, inspiring to people. But anyway, I would give myself when I would, and I still do this, but at least an hour to be with him. And even when I had little kids, I would wake up before them and I, and it didn't start out as an hour, but I would minimally try to do 15 minutes. And even if I heard somebody crying at first or whatever, I just made sure I got that 15 minutes in. So it was something. And then the Lord honors that obedience and he built in more time for me. And so sometimes that can seem impossible with babies and kids, but it can be done. I tell you, after months of setting the expectation in my home and mornings where I had to get up before the house because my husband was traveling that day or, and he couldn't help me or whatever, it became something my whole entire family was embraced. They knew Mm. priority number one, and they all know it today that even my oldest kids, Um, they know that mom, what mom being in prayer time means. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I think that's so good. I love to hear what other people do and I hope that that does inspire you. And so, yeah, I'll go through what I, what I kind of do when I pray and, um, these might not be in order and I'm still, you know, I'm encouraged (laughs) as I'm hearing Carol say this, there are some mornings where I wake up where it is just go, go, go. But, um, yeah, to really, even if it's 15 minutes, I like that you said that. Um, and so I'm still on my, everybody's on their journey, but, um, yeah, along with you, I like to start my prayer time out with worship and just getting my heart and my mind, right. That coming in. And we talked about this in the last episode is that, that it is for him and this positions my heart, right. And we learned from Psalm hundred verse Psalm 100 verse four. I always have a hard time saying the (laughs) addresses for some reason, but it says enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, be thankful unto him and bless his name. And this is, it shows us exactly how we are to come into prayer and how we are to come into communion with God. And we, and, um, you know, we talked about this in the last episode that we are not to be casual with God, but we are to have reverence for him. And I also love to go through the names of God and you can even, I did this for some of my friends. Um, we did a prayer night and I printed off, um, so go in your, you can go in your internet search and look up names of God's and names of God and its meaning. And there's 
really cute little printables that I just have. I keep them in my Bible and I'll just go through those in the morning and I'll kind of meditate on those. And sometimes I'll go through all of them. And sometimes there are a few that really stand out to me. And I just spend time on those. And like I said, I gave them to my friends and they came back and they're like, this was amazing because, because when we come in our prayer time, then it doesn't make it about us. It makes it about him. And it reminds us who he is. He is Jehovah Jireh. He will provide. And I think that changes our view instead of being like, God, will you provide? Will you provide? I start out with, no, God, you are the provider and you are El Elyon. You are the Lord most high. So mm-hmm. I love the name of God's the names of God as well. I learned that from Carol. So I'm grateful <laughs> for you years ago. So, um, yeah, so maybe you guys go print out a printable on that. Um, and then also are just finding Bible verses of praise and the Psalms are filled with praises to God. So as you're going through, and I like to highlight, um, I'm not very, I'm not a super organized person. I wish that maybe I, my (laughs) husband color coordinates his, um, highlighting and his tabs for like worship or intercession. He is so good. I wish I was like that, but I do, whenever I see a verse of praise, that's, um, just so good. I usually highlight it so I can just quickly go through, um, and go to those verses. So I'm not always searching, but also I want to say this too. Um, if you're somebody who is in a really busy season like me, I have a notebook where I actually just, I wrote down specific verses. So I'm not flipping, you know, if I only have 15 minutes, I want to make sure that I'm not spending five of that trying to search for that one verse. So I actually write those down. So it's right there and I can go straight to those. Um, and then also Carol talked about worship and, um, I love worship music as well. Like I said, in the last one, I I like to have my, um, I like to have my phone on with worship music and I like to make a playlist that has worship songs that really focuses on the glory and majesty of who God is just to go back to that worship. And there are a lot of worship songs that, and they have their place that talk about us and our situations and struggles, but, um, those should not, I don't even know if that would be called worship music anymore, honestly. Um, It's too much focused on us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So get a playlist and this is in advance. Um, put a playlist together that really has those lyrics and that, that focuses on God. And even there's something so good, it's called mezzo piano and that takes worship music and puts it just instrumental. So, um, I like to have that on the background. Can I mention while you mentioned, mm-hmm. I think yeah. soaking or entering in, or you've mentioned something, or maybe that's another time, but mm-hmm. um, can I mention a couple yeah, names please. of, mm-hmm. see, if you're trying to enter into prayer and you just want some meditative type music, they, the term that's out there is called quote soaking music, but there's a great couple called Alberto and um, hang on, Chris, wait a minute, Kimberly and Alberto Rivera. They have really good music. Julie True is another really good one. If you're just trying to set the atmosphere in your home, uh, music that plays the words of God, especially the words of scripture, uh, Hebraic music. Paul Wilbur is excellent for all that. And Messianic music is is actually quite beautiful. We should do a podcast on different mm-hmm. music and things like that. So we'll share more later, but that's just a couple to get you going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that also makes me think of, um, you can also search for videos where they just say the names of God. And so maybe you don't want to read through it. Maybe you just want to sit, like you use that word soak, um, and just listen to that. So get that queued up during your time as well. 
I love these practicals. There's one from John Paul Jackson. He passed away, but he has a great CD called 365 Names and Attributes of God. Mm -hmm. That's awesome to just have on. Yeah. 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 So look that one up because if you're like me, I literally have no way to play a CD. It's not on Spotify, but I know, which is a bummer. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So Carol, how about you um, talk about praying Pray reading the word or meditating. Yeah. If there is one thing I try to teach people about prayer, it's exactly that, Mallory. It is praying God's word, praying the words from scripture. And here's why. Jesus is king, right? And when you understand the concept of a kingdom, then you understand the power behind the king's words. There's a reason why kings over history rarely spoke, because when kings speak, Their words were written down as law. So the words of a king, they're the final say in all matters. Well, Jesus is a great king and our king. And and what did he say in scriptures Um, before Abraham was, I am. Or when he says, I and my father are one. Or where John says in chapter one, you know, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus is the word. Jesus is, as Paul says in Colossians, the image of the Godhead and bodily form. And so our King, our King Jesus, who sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, when he spoke through scripture, these are the words of him, our King, which means the words of our King are the final say. And so why do you think he was silent before the accusers, before his death? Because anything he would have said could have been written down and interpreted a different way. He weighed his words carefully. And when he did speak to Pilate after Pilate pressed him, he said, you have no authority over me at all unless it's been given to you from above, which the book of Acts confirms when it says everything was done, even being tried and sent to death by Pontius Pilate was all done by God's will. But Jesus is the king. So the whole Bible, you guys, is the words of majesty, the words of the kingdom. And like in John chapter 10, 18, where he says, no one takes my life from me. I have the authority to lay it down. No one could possibly conceive that Jesus was king and was even ruling over all of them at that very moment. And so his word is the final say in all matters. And so I had to say all that or set all that up because when we speak forth scripture, when we speak forth promises from scripture or comfort or exhortations, we are releasing the words of the King of Kings into the atmosphere. And what does scripture say? All creation heeds the great I am because he's the creator of everything visible and invisible. And so even when you do a simple declarations like, I declare your glory among the nations and your wonders among the peoples. We de- I declare that when I'm driving in my car because the spiritual atmospheres and the heavenly places that surround us every day hear that. And we are sending out these reminders, even in declarations. I'm releasing a reminder to the spiritual atmospheres. So God's words, the words of Jesus are spoken out. And so when we speak scripture, we are releasing this mighty power and authority. And we'll teach on this more in another episode, but for now, a simple, easy way to remember how to pray scripture. And it's one of the best 
one books I found when I was just learning how to do this many years ago. And it was given to me by a woman when I lived in Georgia is prayers that avail much. And it's a, by a woman named Gloria Copeland, who has a ministry out of Roswell, Georgia, which is where I lived. And I received my first copy, like I said, about 20 years ago from a coworker. I lived in Roswell. My hair salon was right next door to this little tiny house where this ministry was operating out of. And I didn't know it at the time. And it amazes me how unassuming this place was because here was this little unassuming place and God was sending his word out through prayer all over the world through this little place. And so what happens when we pray the word is we are releasing the power of the king into that situation. Whether you are praying for healing, whether you are praying for your nation, whether you're praying for encouragement, whether you're praying the Our Father, it doesn't matter what it is. So praying the word is incredibly, incredibly powerful. And I didn't give it justice in that little explanation. No, I think we got to go into more detail at some point, but it's so good. Yeah, I think that's so good. I really like that book as well. You gave that book to me. Oh, I <laughs> I think I've given it to everybody in our community. Yeah, oh but it really is so good. And um, I talked about a journal as well. And this is for, I'm always going to come back to people who are on a time crunch like me too. Um, but I'm not a journaler, but I do have a journal. And I just keep different pra- uh, different points of prayer down, whether it be for family or my husband or my kids. And whenever a verse pops up to me, I just throw it under that part. So when I do, I only have 10 minutes or something um, I write those verses in that section so I can just go through those prayers. And I've even had somebody say to me, how do you remember scripture so much? And it's because I pray. It's because I pray these verses. Mm-hmm. And I think you said this earlier, but then it starts to become a part of you. It's not just head knowledge. It just goes deep into your, yeah. so it does the word of God. It's alive and active. It does yeah. so much. So Yeah. So let's move on to another part of prayer. Let's talk about intercession. Um, You guys may have heard this word a lot, but what it means is that it's the action of intervening on behalf of another. And so as believers, God calls us to intervene and we do that through prayer. And so first Timothy two verse one through two says, I urge you, I urge then first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. And so we're just shown from that verse that God wants us to pray for others and we are called to intercede. And we talked about this in our last episode, but what is on God's heart? Ask him in and ask him what he wants you to pray. I promise you, he will direct you in prayer. And you might be saying, well, I don't know if I've heard it. Well, let time to sit. We talked about that soaking and turning on music. Um, Sometimes in prayer time, we can just go, 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 go. But we also need to sit and listen as well. So let him direct you in that. And you know, God has a purpose and plan for every for everything and everyone. And he wants to, the cool thing about who God is, is that he wants to work with us. He put his Holy Spirit in us. He wants to partner with us, which is just so amazing to see this plan manifest. And so we're going to partner with him. He wants us to partner with him for prayer, for our family, our friends, our town, our state, our nation, our government, missionaries, the church. I mean, everything that comes to God's mind. But you know, when you first start off praying in these areas, it can be really confusing on one, where to start. That's why we're doing this episode and also know what to pray. And just like Carol said in the last episode, we can relate prayer to working out as a muscle. 
And I love this analogy because it's so true. And I want to just encourage you just to start somewhere, just get that muscle fired up and it might feel uncomfortable and at first really unnatural, but keep going because you are praying God's heart. And even Carol was saying that you said the first 15 years of your prayer life is different. And it should be because you even hear Carol, um, talking about her prayer life and, probably most of you as me are thinking, wow, I want to get to that <laughs> place. But Carol started somewhere as well. We all, we all start somewhere. So, and a way to pray God's heart, like Carol was talking about, is just go straight to the Bible. So, um, and there really are great prayers. Even you can do an internet search of what were the prayers of the apostles? You guys, I keep saying the internet, it's all in your word, but it just is so fast, you know, to get there. So, um, yeah, and if intercession, <laughs> Carol's laughing at me. <laughs> I'm like, go to the internet. You're like, go to the Bible. <laughs> um, but if intercession is new for you, and this might be a new idea for you, but um, this is just an idea, but set your timer. You know, Carol's talking about how she can pray for an hour or something, but for you, if you're just starting, maybe you set your timer for five to 10 minutes and just sit there, sit there with your Bible open, sit there with the names of God and can yeah, I say something? Yeah. I've even fallen asleep in prayer. So like there's been times where I didn't know what to pray. And so I just sat mm -hmm. there quietly. And next thing you know, I wake up 30 minutes later and I'm like, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Lord. I hope that whatever I slept that you heard my prayer. You uh -huh. know? So that was my prayer time was sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> so it that happens. It doesn't always look the same. <laughs> but don't do that Especially every time. Especially when your kids are little. Yeah. Yeah. Especially. Oh my gosh. That's when it would happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. But yeah, so start your timer. Maybe it starts with five minutes and then you do that for a week and then it goes to 10 minutes and then it goes to 15. Okay, that might not sound like that much. If you are like me, sometimes I'm like, well, if it's not now or it's not anything, <laughs> but that's five minutes more than you were praying before. So just keep going with it and add more, add a little bit more time as time goes on and um, just see where it goes. And that's so good. Um, you know, I just talked about distraction and just keep with it and just sit before the Lord. But I do want to talk about some great resources that are out there. One Carol mentioned is that book, um, the prayers that avail much, but there's a great book out there. There's a few great books. There's a series of books. Um, and these are by Stormy O'Martin, and she's a series of books on prayer. One of them, I started off, I got her one of her books. The first book I got was The Power of a Praying Wife. And um, it's a whole book, so you can read the book, but at the end of every book, at the end of every chapter, there's a prayer for it, and it's all like the other book, um, just based on scripture. And that really got me starting to pray for my husband. And that book taught me so much about prayer, how to use the word and how to pray. Because sometimes we think, and we can see people who can just pray and pray for hours. But I mean, that's where I kind of started is just using other people's prayers. And, and it just really taught me so much. And also I want to say this too, I want to speak to wives especially, and I can only speak as a wife because that's what I am. But there really is such a specific and unique calling for you to pray for your husband. I believe that as wives, we are appointed and we are anointed to lift our husbands up in prayer. I think it is one of the most amazing gifts that we can give our husband. And God, you know, he knows the burdens that are on their hearts and what they carry. And he knows them first. And I think as wives, we know them second like we are the closest ones to them so just to encourage you that's kind of my little thing um 
that I feel God to just to share with people is that really just pray for your husband, lift up your spouses in prayer. It's so powerful. Um, so look up dreaming or sorry, no, um, look up Stormy O'Martin. She has books, the power of a praying parent, power of a praying grandparent. My parents have. And, um, so that's a really good one. Also, I want to say that if you're in the Denver area, there is a great church called the upper room. They're actually, they're a plant, they're based in Dallas, but they have one in Denver and they have these prayer room sets. Go look them up. Um, I think their website is upperroomdenver.com and look up their prayer sets if you can and go to them and they do such an amazing job. This is also a place that I really learned how to pray and they start out with, it's two hours. The first hour is just, um, they have somebody on the piano and then somebody with the microphone and they will pray the scriptures and they'll start off with praise and then they'll move into intercession. And it is from that season of going to the upper room prayer sets that I really learned about prayer. And you can also look up prayer sets online too, to just come a part of, um, I think that there's just a lot of power in believers coming together to pray. No. And may I add Mallory, um, that is so super encouraging. Um, the, you know, advice you gave about where to find prayer gatherings and always look up prayer gatherings in your state and, and even in your little area and just get going and start getting with a group of people because, you know, from experience, prayer gatherings are the least attended events for Christian. And yet God calls us to be a people devoted to prayer, people who pray without ceasing, people who pray over decisions, people who pray over each other for our leaders. In fact, God calls his house a house of prayer for all nations in both the Old and New Testament. But the mindset is that, you know, when there is a prayer need or a prayer event, people just assume, oh, the intercessors will take care of it. Well, those are the people that like to pray. But actually, we're all called to intercede. Intercession is praying the heart of God. And so we are all to be intercessors. But I remember my mindset wasn't quite like that for a period of time. And I remember being at a big church where I was working and a woman who was on the prayer team came up to me with whatever request it was for the prayer uh, team and other things about prayer. And I remember walking away thinking, who likes to pray that much? <laughs> and then the Lord's like, oh, I'll show you a thing or two. So now he's got me in that, in that mode. But, you know, all believers are called to intercede. Interce intercession, like Mallory was saying, is so powerful and so beautiful. And it's when we are praying the heart of God into a situation. And with intercession, we are waiting and we are listening for his leading. And it's not praying our desire or outcome but praying his will. And so when you're praying the will of the father, we must wait patiently in a time of prayer to hear or have a knowing of his strategy in that situation. So I suggest if you are at a prayer event and praying when it opens, if you are the opening prayer, or if you're asked to pray at a Bible study and you're supposed to open a prayer wherever you're at, right? Or be part of a prayer, wait on the Lord, be silent, quiet your heart, you know, sometimes when people are like, okay, let's open in prayer. And all of a sudden like, they're Lord. And it's like, quiet your heart for a minute. We tend to kick off prayer in kind of a panic or quickly start. And then we end up praying from our mind mm -hmm. and not from, and from a routine of praying. And, you know, let me remind you in Ecclesiastes 5, 2, it says, do not be hasty to speak and do not be impulsive to make a speech before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth. So let your words be few. 
be careful in your prayers, friends. It's not about being heard by others or saying all the right things or having, you know, everything come out just right. It's about praying to please the Lord. We are his delight. He is already delighted in you before you have even said a word. He's just delighted that you showed up to pray. We tend to fill a room with all kinds of wordy prayers from our minds. So it's important we pause to listen first. And I say that all in love. So please hear me on that. And because remember, prayer is an exchange. It's a conversation spirit to spirit. We are spirit beings. We may have a body around our spirit, but we're spirits. And we must learn to operate with a 2020 vision in the spirit and tune our ears to hear the voice of our shepherd who calls us all by name. And so, as I've said before, I'm a visual learner. And so I don't know if this will help anybody out there, but here's a way I picture it. And here's a way that I taught it when we did our Bible study warfare behind the veil. You know, it's like those stealth bombers and, and how do the stealth bombs drop? But there is some random guy in a desert in Nevada in a little hut behind a computer screen. And he is the one directing the stealth bomb. But what does he have to do? He has to wait on the order from headquarters. And so he sits in there sometimes for hours or days until an order is given. And then when he gives that order to release something into a specific location, oftentimes in another country or somewhere else, it could be a video. Unfortunately, it could be a bomb. That's like us. We wait on the Lord. We are like these little stealth bomb operators, except our bombs are prayers and we're in our homes or in our prayer closets and we're waiting on the message and to receive from headquarters. And as soon as we do, do, we start praying that prayer. There is releases of prayers and angelic activity into places all around the world that is throwing the enemy into a tizzy. And the scripture said that his word runs swiftly. So just get praying. It doesn't have to look pretty, but just get praying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that visual. I've never heard that before. That's really encouraging. One of my weird visuals that I think of. I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> a lot first. of people don't at first, yeah. But, but man, I sense. thought that was so good. And I loved what you said, too, of just waiting on the Lord. We are so hasty to come in and to have words. But if we're so worried about the words that we say, are we more worried that it's a presentation for people mm -hmm. or contending and asking before God's heart? And just actually a practical thing on that, something in our women's group that we started doing was, you know, we're like, you guys, we got to get praying and we want to pray together. And so I said this about setting the timer, but also maybe you're asking the question, how do I get other people to pray? So in our group, what we started doing, one of my friends um, just started to initiate this is at the end, we set the timer for 10 minutes. And sometimes we might just sit there in silence. And she always says, Sometimes I think the best prayers comes out of just sitting there, but I'm laughing too, because I'm somebody who I just like to sit. And so sometimes somebody will tell me something and I'll say, Oh, can I pray for you? I'll put my hand on them. And then I just sit there for about five minutes. <laughs> it can be a little awkward, but I, <laughs> then you got someone who's really busy like my husband. And so I'll be like, can you just sit down for five minutes? He'll be like 45 seconds. And he's like, am I done yet? <laughs> you know. So, and I'm just yeah. sitting there and the person's like, why is your hand on me? What are we doing? <laughs> oh, that's funny. 
Yeah, but um, just to move on to the next part too, um, just to talk quickly on prayers about personal requests as well. And it is so important to pray for ourselves and also to have that order. I think that we're really um, presenting these in the order of importance of first, not, I don't want to say of importance, but we did address worship first and that is so important. That should be the heartbeat behind our prayer. But like I said, it is important to pray for ourselves and we are to pray for our spiritual growth and it really can be easy to pray for, you know, Lord, help me lose five pounds or, you know, just a new job opportunity or increased finances or what have you. And these are fine to pray and they're good, but they should not be what is taking up our prayer time. I think what for ourselves, it really should be, um, and like I said, they're good, but we are to pray for strengthening our inner man. And our inner man is our soul, which includes our mind, our will, and our emotions. And the night of Jesus' betrayal, he told his disciples to pray because he knew that persecution was to come. And not just for him, but also for his disciples. And so he told them, we find this in Matthew 26, verse 41. It says, stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Um, and so another just resource for this, one of my favorite books, it's just a little booklet. It's about $4. I think you can find it. It's by Mike Bickle. It's called Prayers to Strengthen Your Inner Man. And, um, this book includes praying for the fear of the Lord in you to grow in endurance, to increase your trust in the Lord. And it all goes back to, it's all based off of verses that we find. Um, so he's really just quoting scripture in it and just kind of putting them all together. But he also has some really great nuggets in there. Um, and then just this last part, uh, we kind of covered it a little bit, but just soaking in the Lord's presence, which we kind of talked about, um, but I want to share this verse on this. It's Psalm 142, verse 1 through 3. It says, I cry aloud to the Lord. I plead aloud to the Lord for mercy. I pour my complaint before him. I reveal my trouble to him. Although my spirit is weak within me, you know my way. And I like how it says, I cry aloud. You know, God knows our struggles. He knows our fears that we have, but we are to cry aloud to him. And God cares what we're struggling through. And Sometimes we keep it to ourselves, but God really wants to enter into that part of our heart. So um, for me, sometimes we talked about this, but I'll just turn on worship music and kind of just sit and process through this. Um, so yeah, that's just one little note there for that. Yeah. Do I have time to, um, I just want to revisit the tabernacle. Yeah. I mentioned it earlier. And if you, I know there's a lot of listeners out there that study the tab tabernacle and there's listeners that you have no clue what I'm talking about and that's okay. But the, um, the tabernacle is actually what Moses built after the Exodus out of Egypt. It was the place where God was going to commune with his people, but it was structured very strategically. It had three sections. You had the outer court, which was on the outside of this big tent. You had two room areas on the inside of the tent. One was called the holy place. And then the last place was the Holy of Holies, which is where the Ark of the Covenant was. And a lot of you have probably heard of Ark of the Covenant, either from Raiders of the Lost Ark or something else. <laughs> but the way that it was laid out is in the outer court, you had the um, altar, that uh, the brazen altar, which was where the animals were killed. 
And then you had a brazen lobber right after that before you went into the tent. And this is where the priests would clean their hands. And it was made with like uh, crushed mirrors, um, crushed glass that came from Egypt. And so the priests would wash, so they kill the animal for the sacrifice and the priests would wash their hands and, and reflect as they reflect on themselves as they looked into this reflective glass. Then they would change their clothes and they would then proceed into the next section of the holy place. And this is where you have the menorah, which was the big candle and uh, with uh, uh, multiple stems. You had the table of showbread, which is the bread and the wine. And then you had what was called the altar of incense. And this is where the priests would then tend to the candle and they would tend to the bread and the wine. Everything is is beautifully done. And then they would have the altar of incense. And then there was another door. And then past that door was called the holiest place, the Holy of Holies, which only the high priest was permitted to enter in once a year to atone for the sins of all of Israel. And this is where the Ark of the Covenant was. But the thing about the tabernacle that's beautiful that will help you with prayer is if you look at it like this, it is a perfect picture of Jesus. Jesus is that brazen altar, that place where the sacrifice was. And we get nowhere in prayer first until we acknowledge him, who he is, by his names, as our savior, as that spotless lamb. And it is by his blood that was shed that we can even go in, even take a step further. We can't get anywhere into the presence of God without the blood of Jesus first. So the sacrifice is first, but then we go to that brazen laver. And this is what I do in prayer. This is where I ask the Holy Spirit to search my heart. You know, it says that the scripture is that mirror to our soul. Mm -hmm. And so I ask the Lord to let your word discover my condition. Holy Spirit, search my heart. Then as I confess and repent of even little sins, I am washed clean and all those filthy things are off of me and I am dressed in robes of righteousness. And now I can proceed into the next section. And this is where we, friends, this is where people stop. Most Christians stay in the outer court. We are content with being saved by the blood of Jesus and cleansed from our sin, but we have no idea how to step into the fullness of Christ. And that's what the middle holy place is because we are called the lampstand of the Lord. John the Baptist is a burning and shining lamp, but most of us and Mallory dress us in our first podcast. Most of us, our oil is out because we don't tend to our oil lamp, which comes through prayer. And when you go into the holy place in prayer, this is where the Holy Spirit can trim your wick and fill you again, fill you to overflowing. And when the priest would trim the wick of the candle, what that meant was it was setting their life in order. This is where we search out the Lord. And it is about, Lord, reset my life. Put me back in order. Fill my lampstand where I am depleted, where I am run out. Fill me to overflowing. We reflect on the body and blood of Jesus then, the sacrifice of Jesus, his death and resurrection. He is the bread of life. He is our sustenance, and that is what the table of showbread is. And then we go to the place of intercession. We are now cleansed, ready. Our hearts have been searched. We are ready now to enter and commune in prayer through the altar of incense. And this is where our prayers grow up, my friends, as a sweet fragrance unto the Lord, where now we have gone past that last place into the Holy of Holies, boldly to the throne of grace, to obtain grace and mercy and help in time of need. And this is where we can commune beautifully with our Creator. But it is important to to walk ourselves through a step or a process similar to that or like that one, 
where we are going through and cleansing ourselves before we then go in to be refreshed by the Lord. And that is the problem. We stay in the outer court. We don't venture any further in and we miss out on the fullness of who the Lord is, what the spirit is here to help us with. And we miss out on the fullness of prayer. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I think that's so good. We should have started with that. <laughs> that kind of outlined it. That's okay. Oh, just so good. You guys, it is such a privilege. We don't understand. I love that you said that because we don't understand the privilege that it is that we get to enter in with boldness to God, to the Father. And so that's what I'm kind of my heart behind this. And maybe I've mentioned before is just to reframe our our mindset that it's, this is not, I mean, listening to that, it is not something that we check off the box. It is a honor. It is a privilege that we get to pray to God. We truly enter in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to enter in, that's so good. Um, but yeah, so before we end, let's just, let's just do a little recap for our listeners for the practical tips. You know, one set the atmosphere that we talked about, worship with song and the names of God and worship music, pray his names, pray the word. We talked about intercession. Maybe you write those Bible verses down or um, get one of those books that we're talking about and remember to sit with him and listen and soak in God's presence. Remember to slow down and spend time with him. Remember too that a prayer life with God really is so dynamic and it involves so many different aspects. And so maybe you're listening today and you realize, okay, I've had a lot of processing time with God and, um, but maybe I am lacking in intercession or other areas. Um, so that's a good reminder of, for some, the different areas just to encourage you in and, and just to give you some fresh new ideas. So Everyone, you guys, thank you so much for joining us today. And we are so grateful for all of you who listen to this show. And if it has been a blessing to you, please consider giving us a rating and share some of these episodes with a friend, whether on your social media or you send a text to somebody. And feel free to drop us a note at preparetheway at jcmcolorado.com or you can visit us on our website at jeremiahscall.org. Take care. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.